Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this season premiere of season three, episode one of the Is That So show. Y'all know I was coming back. So we have a theme. For the past couple of seasons, my theme has been equanimity. Today, I've chosen a theme for my audience. And this this is an ideal component I need you to hold for this entire season. And that's curiosity. So I evoke, I, I summon, I stare at, because wherever attention goes, energy flows. I stare at curiosity. And I ask and I invite you to please hold some curiosity as we go through this. Episode one of season three is about shadow work. I have my friend, Michael Paduranu the entrepreneur's guide. And my brother, he said, I've been everywhere. I've, I've, I've been everything. I've done it all. And so he, I have him in as the, the first one that's going to usher us into this new season where we do, where we talk about shadow work. I'm, gonna bring, I'm bringing experts from around the globe to meet me on this stage for this season, being very specific about who I choose. And I'm, I'm specific about who I choose in general, but specific to the topic of shadow work. I'm being specific about who I choose and bring on this show because I want y'all to understand, like truly understand the benefits of shadow work. There can be no true awakening if you don't dive in and light up those areas. So I'm going to invite the brother in on the stage right now. How's it going? Here we go. Welcome to the stage, brother. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing all right, man. I've got an extra kid upstairs, so I have the pleasure of having four kids up in the house right now, which is uh, makes me outnumbered four to one. <laughs> so it's always about balancing these odds. Uh, about like shadow work, right? Shadow work is, uh, man, the minute you start jumping into it, it's just, it, it just gets you from every direction. Yeah, so, man. And, and speaking on that, brother. So before we jump into the heavy topic, tell the people a little bit about your background. Why should people hear you out? Because I've lived it. That's it. I don't have the credentials that everybody else has. I don't have the the traditional education. I have experience. And I've made enormous global companies. I've signed government contracts. I worked with the UNDP for years. I've done many different things in my life. I've built businesses from nothing. I've built them with partners. I've built companies for people. That's my happy place, like helping others get their awareness and spread their voice to impact others. So a lot of time I, I spend it in the background, but that's okay. And I'm happy with that. Mm. This is a new term for me to move into the forefront a little bit. And I've always been, I've shared my whole transformation journey over the last two and a half years and I haven't hit anything. The crying, the laughing, the crying so hard. I've got boogers flying out of all my face. I mean, I did it all, right? And I shared it with the world. I mean, it's on my YouTube. It's going to be there forever because that's the real journey, right? And I want people to understand what it's really like. There is no faking it, right? Like you have a choice on this shadow work journey, on any transformation journey, right? Like beyond just shadow work, you can take a step and go a hundred backwards. You can take a step and keep taking another 10 or you can just not take them. What is shadow work? Again, right? Like, I think this is a personal quest. So I think there's this hypothesis of a definition, but who's really defined this, right? Because this is something that shamans have been taking people on journeys for thousands of years, right? So 
where did we really get the name for this? And I always like to create my own definitions because I'm just like doing that. For me, for me, shadow work is digging into the darkness that exists within us. Looking at the, and I don't want to say worst or best parts because it's just another piece of us. There's a yin and a yang. There's a light and a dark in all of us. And until we're willing to embrace it, heal it, and work through it, we're never going to be balanced. We're never going to be our own individual yin and yang, and we'll never be whole. Mm-hmm. The balance. When you think of balance, and you mentioned yin and yang, and I really would like my people, again, evoking curiosity. The mind only works. It works like a parachute. It only works when it's open. And so mm-hmm. evoking curiosity, you're thinking about yin and yang. We're energetic beings, and it sounds like you're honing in on that theme of homeostasis or balance, finding the balance as these forces collide. I don't know if there ever is a real balance, right? Like we could really go into this and talk about masculine and feminine energy, right? And how we all have both within us. At what point do we look at this and we say, there's many layers to the living beings that we are. There's the human layer. There's the spiritual layer. There's the energetic layer. There's the emotional layer. There's the mental layer, right? And and until we can align ourselves, live into our truths, soul-centered, soul purpose, then we're never going to find true happiness. We're never going to find true joy. We're never going to give ourselves permission to be exactly who we are. Mm. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that? Why, why wouldn't we give ourselves permission? What does it even mean to not give ourselves permission to be who we are for those of us who are listening and thinking that I am who I am. I wake up, I'm, I'm who I am every day. Like, what you mean I'm not who I am? <laughs> I mean, if you're going to work and you're listening to your boss and it goes against your values, if you know what your values are, if they weren't imposed on you, right? Because society imposes values on us. Mm-hmm. As a child going through the abuse that I went through and then being told to always tell the truth, but it was easy for my parents where they were at at that time objectively and the mm-hmm. best that they knew their version of the truth was nothing happened to me. Mm. So from the outside looking in, I looked like the liar, even when I tried to tell the truth. Mm. But supposedly truth was a very big value that they imposed on me, but they imposed their version of it, which is what they wanted the outward world to see. Mm. My version of the truth is living in my truth every day, Mm. being transparent, journaling, meditating, praying, getting to deeper core parts of me, every single day. Mm. Now I'm a little nutty, right? I don't like taking breaks or hiatuses or stopping and taking a step backwards or even being stagnant because being stagnant is going backwards, Mm. right? Because we are a never ending flow. Mm -hmm. So the minute that we remove ourselves from flow, we shut off our self-awareness to go out. We, we want to take a break, right? What does that really mean? Mm. My version, my version of fun today is completely different than what it even was two years ago. Mm. My version of fun today is really spending time with myself in silence when my kids allow. So let's just clarify that too. That's a whole nother level, right? <laughs> okay, so I'm hearing you, brother. Let me ask. It sounds, it sounds like you're saying that it's about really spending time in understanding who you are by having and developing and continuing a relationship with yourself. And through that relationship, just like any relationship, the more time you spend with a person, the more you learn about them. And so the more time you spend with yourself, like truly asking the questions to dive deeper that your spirit seeks to answer for you, 
you learn more about yourself and then that truth then begins to liberate you or set you free from things that you've been holding yourself bound to but didn't realize it. That's what it sounds like you're saying, but uh, you let me know. On a surface level, right? So here's the best example I can give. Society tells us, right? Society, you're going to graduate high school. You're going to go to college. You're going to marry your sweetheart. You're male, female, whatever it is, right? You're going to have children. You're going to have this house with a white picket fence, with two cars, a dog, a cat, whatever, maybe birds. You're going to take your children to sports. And then when you become retired, whatever age that is, then you get to start enjoying your life. Mm. Why do I have to go through all that, not enjoying my life and chasing a retirement dream? Like That sounds like the most tedious, absolute moronic thing for us to do. But mm. as a society, it became the norm. Mm. So you have societal pressures, generational pressures, right? And a lot of this is unlayering what has been imposed on us, mm. right? And then going into traumas, going into bad moments, you want to call them, or painful moments and, and working through it, right? And understanding, working with a guide, working with a coach, working with I want to work with someone who's been through it, not somebody who has a million degrees. No offense, right? I have a tremendous amount of respect for you and your education, but you've also been through, right? So, <laughs> so that's a different, that's a different how, story. How do you know, though? How, tell the people, I mean, how do you know, brother? Our conversation and the way that you look at it within perspective. Because mm. not for one second did you even know that I didn't have educational credentials. Not for one second in our conversation. You didn't judge it. You didn't look at it. You didn't even think to ask it. Because we were already speaking the same language. We just went through our own journey to get where we're at today, right? What fits for one doesn't fit for all. Mm-hmm. The journey. And, and, and I could relate to people that you can't relate to. Mm. But you can relate to people that I can't relate to, right? This, mm. th- this is that whole crazy theory of abundance too, right? We're not made for everyone. Yeah. We're made for who we fit with. And Ooh. our clients or business or people will resonate and come to us. This It's not a competition, but I also don't believe in abundance. I believe in limitlessness because Uh-oh. I find abundance limiting. You're telling me that there's only a certain amount. I don't think that there's a limit to anything. I think that we can accomplish anything that we want to. If we're living within our core values, daily, we understand, we evolve, and we grow. Mm. And that's a daily process. There's no vacations in that. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you, I have more fun today than I've ever had in my life, even just in simple conversations versus when I was spending all the money in the world going and getting those $500,000, $600,000 dinners mm. and going out with a bunch of people that didn't even know me yeah. just to impress people that I didn't even, that I was trying to impress when I was going and spending thousands of dollars on clothes and going to events and doing all these crazy things. Mm. Like people are fighting to get to that point. Like they are fighting for that. Exactly what you just described. They are fighting and even harming other people to get to that point. I mean, why did you not find satisfaction at being at the pinnacle of what is supposed to be the American dream? Cause it wasn't my dream. It wasn't mm. who I was meant to. It wasn't who I was meant to be. It wasn't true to me. It, it, it it, it, it wasn't true. Like for me, money isn't anything. It, it's, it's, an, it's just this, you acquire things. Fantastic. So when you have things, what do you do then? When a couple, I'll never forget a conversation that I had a couple of years ago with somebody that I didn't know before that. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be the first trillionaire because I want to give away 95% of my money. 95%. 
And that person said to me, why would you ever do that? I said, because $5 billion is a lot of money. And it doesn't matter either because I can give away 95% of that too. I don't care. The reality is it doesn't mean anything. Mm. If you're not putting it towards impact, what are you? You're, you're in this to get in a magazine? That you're on this list? Like you're making yourself targets for the next round of the Gotham world that we're moving into right now, mm. the haves and the have-nots, mm. right? And that's not a political thing. It's a fact thing because division has been driven so deep across politics, across race, across religion, across everything that you could possibly imagine over these last few years. And it's been steamrolling, right? So how can shadow work, I guess, cultivate an environment that is the remedy to that? Oh, I love that question. That that's a sweet spot right there because here's the reality: you heal yourself. This is a, this is a selfish freaking job, man. This is selfish, right? And I don't know why I'm not cursing because I love cursing, but I'm not right now. So this is cool. <laughs> it's very intriguing to even me. It's a selfish. It's a selfish job. You got to be so damn selfish to do this shadow work. Mm. But what but what happens is as you're going layer by layer within it, you start noticing how people around you start shifting. Mm. Because something changes, your vibration changes, if you want to get technical, Mm -hmm. right? And you start radiating at a different level. And you can go look at Dr. David Hawkins, his scale of vibration and what mindset you're sitting in, and that will tell you where you're at, right? And he did an amazing job of breaking that down scientifically for a spiritual process. But it's true and it's proven. It's like scientifically proven, right? Mm -hmm. So as you're transitioning through layer and layer and layer, If you continue to keep going, there is no limit. This is why this whole abundance thing annoys me. Mm. It is limitless. Stop saying abundance. Stop tying yourself to this magic word that people want to believe. Stop chasing money. Chase impact. And the universe will provide Mm. energy in that way for us. And it can come fiscally. It can come through people in your life. It can come through winning houses cars, boats, whatever it may be, right? You don't know how these things work. The synchronicities in this universe, and we can say multiverses if you really want to go technical, right? Like we can go real deep into this. I'm okay. (laughs) But there is, it's limitless. Mm. Why do we only believe what we can see? Mm. Why do we idolize somebody who has a ton of money, but proves to the world how miserable they are by killing themselves? Mm. Suicide that's who, rates that's who we want to be. That's who we want to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, suicide rates have been dominant among the most affluent of us for quite some time. And again, I give any therapeutic advice here, but it's interesting. So shadow work for me, it's it's really about understanding. First, I find the triggers. When I become triggers, I don't put my triggers on other people. I don't believe it's 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 your responsibility to not trigger me. I believe it's my responsibility to thank you for the opportunity to yes. be triggered so that I can do some further exploration on why that trigger is even still there because my trigger is no more than a trailhead for a deeper understanding of my truth that I've yet to explore and understand and liberate. That's, that's, that's my perspective on it. What's your thoughts, brother? I agree million percent. When, before I started this journey, it was always everyone's fault for triggering me. Always. I didn't care who you were. You could be a freaking snail on the ground and I stepped on you, I ruined a new pair of shoes and I'm pissed. It's your damn fault. Had nothing to do with the snail. Had nothing to do with me stepping on the snail. It had to do with the fact that I bought something that I wanted and immediately it got destroyed and I went into the negative spiral, right? Mm. Why buy anything I want if it's only going to get destroyed or why chase this if it's only going to get destroyed, right? So the triggers are the gifts. Like they are the 
gifts because they show us the pain points that we continue to deep dig deep into if we are willing. Mm. There are many people in this world that get to a point and go stagnant because they are scared for those next steps. Mm. Because a lot of those next steps are sacrificing superficial, mm. sacrificing things that we used to want. This master plan that we that we've always created with, right? Get married, have kids, do this, do this, do this, have this house, have this money, have this great time. All these things, right? This, this is the chase. But who are you living into? You're living into who everybody, what everybody else wanted you to be. Like, at what point do you step back and you say, "I want to live into me. I want to know who I am." Really, right? Like when we look at triggers, and then we look at the the core trigger, right? Where the trigger stemmed from. So what I've learned through my healing journey with spiritual psychotherapists, with shamans, with all different modalities, the healers, like everything. Like I've worked with 25, 30 different people and I've accumulated so much knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about the trigger. That's a surface trigger, right? So what's the core of that trigger, right? And you know that you know all about this, right? From your side of the world, right? That the scientific, well, science behind it, right? The mental health science and everything, right? Mm, like, the newer science is, of psychotherapy. Yes, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> yes. So let's bring it back to how do you find that core, right? Because a lot of times we are so programmed to block trauma, ignore the fact that it happened, that we don't even know what happened, where it stemmed from. Mm, because mm. it's let's bury it under the rug. Let's pretend it never happened. Let's be the happiest family in the neighborhood. Let's look perfect to everyone else. Let's, this didn't happen to you. Come on. It's not real. And, and that is what we are programmed to do, right? So it's a lot of digging. Yeah, and, and not realizing that that emotion, when we trap it, it manifests itself in other ways. Because that energy, <sighs> that emotion is energy in motion. But it remains yeah. emotion, but it remains emotion inside of you in ways that are unconscious. It remains unconscious because we've chosen not to look at it. And so the body reflects, the body, the body keeps a score. But our inability for us to see how these behaviors manifest based off of these unconscious material in our mind, the subconscious material in our mind that we've chosen not to look at. And so we don't see it when it operates in the physical reality. And I'm only using this again, no judgments whatsoever. I understand I'm not in any, I'm a human just like anybody else. And I don't believe that judging is an addiction that the mind has. I'm not, I'm not here to judge anybody. But more recently with the Oscars of 2022, there was an incident and in, in, in my take on it is that Will was triggered. He was triggered. And in that space, it's easy. Whenever, you, whenever we are the most unaware, we try to manipulate the physical environment. So in a space of being triggered, we become fractured. When we become fractured, we become more egotistical. We become more mentally rigid. We become more one-sided and we become more hedonistic in nature. And so in that space, he thought that the enemy was Chris Rock. But we know that it's a universal law that if you defeat the enemy without, I mean, within, the enemy without can do you no harm. Again, let me repeat that. You defeat the enemy within, the enemy without can do you no harm. So in that space, the way that my eyes, or rather this eye saw that, was that while in the physical, he may have accosted Chris Rock, in the mental, in the psychological realm, and from spiritual eyes, he was really attacking his own shame projected onto him. He's trying to man manipulate the external environment, not realizing that that trigger is there because there's something that is unresolved within him. Again, I'm not here to give him no diagnosis. I can't say nothing about maybe maybe everything I say is false and I'm talking out the side of my neck, whatever. But this is the way I see it.
If you're seeking a life coach, nocturnal therapist is the name and mental alchemy is the game. If you want to understand how to transmute, transform, and transcend these challenges and these challenging emotions, find me at the School of Outliers at becomingoutlier.com slash links. Again, that's becomingoutlier.com slash links. Stay lit and agape. First chapter of his book, he talks about it. That was the trigger. Mm. Because here's the thing, right? Growing up, his father was abusive. He felt like he couldn't protect his mother. First chapter of his book, he talks about what it felt like to be in that shame spiral or shame space that he couldn't protect his mother. Mm. Mm. So when we watch that live, it seems bam, 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 right? We don't understand. At that moment, we don't comprehend it. Mm. But if you go back and you watch that replay, he was laughing until he saw the pain in his wife's eyes. That was the trigger. Mm. And the minute you go into that space, you don't respond, you react. And that's what he did. Mm. And his apology was very sincere. Mm. It was very genuine. Mm. But until he addresses those issues, nothing's going to change. There's just going to be different circumstances. Until the unconscious becomes conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And so people, they go back and forth. They say, it was his fault. It's their fault. That person's fault. It's not about fault. No. It's about understanding that two world, worlds collided. And, and what that meant for both. Because Chris Rock also has a history from when I did the research. Chris Rock has a history of being bullied throughout his life, which is why he came up with a sitcom, Everybody Hates Chris. So to have even at this stage, with, at this level of success, with that same pattern to pop back up one more time, on the world stage, Oscars, this is a Super Bowl now for actors. So this happens on the world stage. Someone who is towering over you, 6'2", he has played Muhammad Ali, did, you know, he knows martial arts. He comes and uses all of his strength and anger to slap all the spit out your mouth. And I, ah, man, just respect to him for his professionalism and his way, his manner. That's a man. And to hold it together like that, man, brother, I just take my hat off to you. But on that end, I'm looking at this end and I'm like, this is another pattern that is repeating at the same time. And then triggered people trigger other people. It was first the wife triggered that then triggered the husband that then went on stage in front of everybody, thought justified to go on staging in front of everybody and cost this man and then trigger this man, which then triggered the entire nation. I say the entire nation, but you know, you know what I'm saying? People that follow these, these individuals. It's, well, there's only hundreds of millions of them, so it's not that many. <laughs> I mean, it was only on every channel for <laughs> right. the whole week, right? And then you bring in half the world to be in their commentary when really you're just dealing with people in pain. That's it. In pain, right? That's it. These are, and, and here's the other thing that I read about, and I don't know if this is true, but apparently Chris Rock is on the spectrum mm. and he gets therapy seven days a week to try and understand social cues. So if he didn't turn around and blame himself, he probably wouldn't have kept his composure. Mm. And if he would have done that to, let's say, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy probably would have pounded him in return. Maybe not would have won, but it would have turned into something much larger. Mm. Right? So this is probably a lesson for the whole country if we choose to do it. Right? Mm. And... There's many instances that we can look at this and say, I feel bad for all sides, right? This is, this is something where they're all dealing with stuff and we forget that they're human, right? They're just human. They're just beings. Nothing is 
just because they're in movies, just because they have a ton of money, just because they have assets, doesn't make them any happier, better, more satisfied, more fulfilled than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Right? This is a deeper prospect. If And if anything, it, it really murks the water more. It makes the water more murkier because I'm, I'll never forget what Dion Sanders said many years ago, and I can't even recall where he said it on. I just never forgot it. And all I heard it was once. And he said, money makes you more of what you already are. And so if you are a, if you're addicted to, you know, I don't know, heroin, then you get more money, you do more. If you are addicted to women, you get more money, you are with more, more women. If, if you are addicted to men, you get more money, you're with more men. But it's, it's, it, it really is. And so if you're confused already, then more money helps to mask that for a much longer period of time, that pain point, because that you can pad your feelings. You can, you can, when you fall, you have this big old stack of money to fall on top of. And so you feel a little bit more comfortable getting back up and continuing in that pattern. And so there's, everyone has to bear their own. We all got to fight through this thing using the shadow work. And that's why shadow work is relevant for everyone. How could I identify that as a trigger? Like you were saying, my brother, how could I identify that as a trigger if I didn't do it myself? Now, true, I am a therapist, but I can tell you right now, I've been in many of therapist circles and I've seen many of them get triggered. And then project that trigger and the blame on that trigger for some, somebody else or something else. That's not my way. It's, it's easy to go into that because society welcomes it. All society wants to do is blame. They don't care who. They just want to blame. There's a villain and there's a, and a victim. And we're living into this. Let's portray this every day of our lives and create new villains and new victims. Right? Mm. We know. And, it, and you could look on the public stage and we can talk about this all we want. But I don't want to really go into pointing out specific instances at this point. Right, right. When we become self-aware, which is key to any of this, then we can pick up on our patterns and behaviors. Mm. When we pick up on our patterns and behaviors, we can start noticing the dynamics that we create. When we start noticing the dynamics that we create, Mm. then we have to look why we create them. Mm. Once we look at why we create the dynamics, at that point, we can start healing. Mm. But we have to get to the core reason we create these dynamics, right? It's easy for someone to say, you have daddy issues, you have mommy issues, right? But why did you create those dynamics for that? Why are you living to impress your father? Or why am I? Why did I live so long to, to try and be enough for my mother or my father? To try mm-hmm. and just prove my worth to them in every way possible. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I hated myself. Mm-hmm. So there was no satisfaction. You know what satisfaction was, is when I went and I fought for my kids for 17 months and my dad looked at me as, as a man and he said, you know what? I didn't do that for you and I'm sorry. Mm. So that was value, mm. but it meant nothing until I started valuing myself. Like this outside, this society that we've created, this Instagram, let's call it an Instagram, world, right? Like seeking outside validation is a core root issue in society. Mm. And that's because in school, we choose to label kids in a plethora of labels rather than reinforcing their own value and worth. Mm. Right. And I live this every day with my son and what he's going through. Mm. And I battle it every day. And I'm not giving into the system because I refuse to let him fall into the system. Mm. He's gonna he's gonna work through it. He's gonna heal. And I'm just gonna guide him the whole way. And I'm gonna protect him to the best of my ability, but let him take his own journey. Mm. How how do you think the primary schooling system, K through 12 grade, how do you think that is 
harming kids, specifically your sons? Or, I mean, if you care to go into that. Okay, so I can't wait for you to read that book. I really can't wait for you to read the book because it's going to break it down so poetically for you. And at a much deeper level than I probably will. Because it talks about how bad the education system was in the 1930s. And it's worse today. So it's it's the same system, but worse because we took all creativity out of the system. Now. Mm. Because the first thing that the budget cuts do is take out the electives, right? The creativity, which then takes away creative problem solving. Then we remove critical thinking because not everybody learns critical thinking at the same pace. And you can't teach the masses if there's people that are a little quicker or a little slower. So we have to numb it down, right? To where it hits the majority. And we have become a memorization society. Mm. Let's go mm. get a half a let's go get a half a million dollars in debt, go into college, party, do whatever, get a degree that at the end of the day means nothing because all you did was memorize everything. Mm. And then when you go get a job in that field, you gotta relearn everything from scratch because anything you learned in college pretty much is an applicant. Because mm. now you're in the real world, right? Yeah. So Bloody. Nobody prepared me for the first time I'd have a grown adult throw feces at me in maximum lockdown. <laughs> really? really? You know what would have done it? Raising a four-year-old. <laughs> there you go. It's the truth, though, right? Like, our kids are our biggest teachers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Except for this one wanted to kill me. But, you know. No, no. no. Well, but, but, yeah, no. These are baby steps. Baby steps. But <laughs> I think generational education, generational wisdom transfer is huge. Why aren't mm. senior citizens being proven to them to them how useful they are to society for mm. their life experience why aren't they working with preschool kids why mm. aren't they working with fifth graders share the wisdom mm -hmm. you have the experience you've survived more in your life than we could ever imagine why isn't that knowledge being shared and it's mm -hmm. simple it's simple I mean, they want to they want to share it why isn't it being desired and that's my question. Because, Why we're told it, because we're told it doesn't matter. Hmm. We're told, put them in a home. They're in the way. They're a nuisance. Hmm. Then they believe they're a nuisance. Because hmm. all we do is shame people. All we do is take their power away from them. Hmm. This society destroys humanity. Hmm. Because you're taking the human. You're taking the creativity. You're taking the spirituality out of our beings. Hmm. And you're turning us into robots. Memorization tools. Hmm. There's a reason that so many innovators get thrown out of or leave school mm. because it Why? doesn't work. It doesn't fit in. They're the creative thinkers. They're the innovators. They're the change makers. They know that the system doesn't work. Mm. How can shadow work address a system? Oh, that's a good one because my son's going through this every day right now in school. <sighs> you, you, need, you need to work with kids. You need to explain to them their value. You need to work through their traumas. You want, to, you want to help humanity? You want to make an impact? Rather than waiting till we're 40 and then go see someone like you for the rest of their life trying to fix themselves? Do it with a nine-year-old like my son. Show him empathy, compassion, safety, love. Man, I've missed 70% of my work days this year spending time with my son, built, reinforcing him and building him up. I have the county after me, the school district after me. Now I have part of the state after me. Now I'm dealing with a... a, a a PHP program that isn't happy with how I'm handling it. Mm. And you know, and you know what? I don't care. <laughs> mm. I don't care. I look at my say, take me to court. Please, please bring me to court. If mm. you have a problem with me helping my son heal, take me to court and we can discuss it in open court. Please, mm. please put me on C-SPAN. Let's do mm. it. Mm. Let's do it. Let's mm. talk to the world about what's wrong with education.
Where's mm. empathy? Where's compassion? All these buzzwords that we want to use in, 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 in employment settings now, which is ironic because we spend the first 13 years or 18 years ripping them out of people. We rip mm. all this stuff out of people, but now we expect people to do this at work. And why? Why do you think that it did that at that point, that that stage it's emphasized by institutions to begin to look at that stuff? Because it's miserable. And now people are running out in droves because there's options. You can sit at home in your pajamas and buy stuff on eBay and sell stuff on eBay and make more money than working a full time job. Mm. Why the heck would you go to somewhere where you're miserable every day? And mm. why would you want to spend 60% of your awake time somewhere that you're miserable? That's not including commute, right? Because if you had commute and you're saying that you're just straight numbers, right? Average person sleeps eight hours, awake 16 hours, they work eight hour days, they have the hour lunch in between, let's say hour commute on either side. You're talking about 11 hours of their, of their balance of 16 hours are spent in the work mode capacity. Mm. Who the hell wants to be miserable for 62.5% of the time mm. that they're awake? Why are people leaving? Because they don't feel valued, heard, and seen. Yes. How, do you, how do you have people feel valued, heard, and seen? You work with one person at a time. You create a safer space for each individual. Mm-hmm. Because everybody has their own things that make them tick. Everyone is an individual. So there is no broad answer. There is no, I'm going to throw paint on this. The foosball tables, the ping pong tables, the pool tables, none of this stuff. That's a joke. right? Mm-hmm. This is, again, escape business, right? Drinking, taking them to sporting events, doing all these things, escapism. Yeah. And, and I've said this before. If you have a gentleman or, or a woman, right, that is on your team and they are heavily involved in their children's sports, their children's Cub Scouts or Girl Scouts or something that their children is heavily engaged in and they take passion in that, you want that person to stay, find a way to sponsor or get involved with what their kid is interested in. Mm. They are going to feel valued. They are going to understand that they are heard and seen, and they are going to feel so appreciative for you supporting what that means something to them over that three and a half percent raise that is less than half of inflation. Mm-hmm. So you're really getting a pay cut year over year, by the way. Case for anybody who can't do numbers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you've given us, I think you've given us some good evidence as to why shadow work is an important tool to embrace. How can someone get involved? What do they do? Find someone that resonates with you and work with them. How do you do Find, that? Look, listen, see who's out there, right? Just because I'm saying it this way doesn't mean that the way that you say it doesn't resonate with a whole bunch of different people. And the reality is, if corporate America wants change in our organizations, they need to bring personal development coaching into the workplace. Are you talking about me? Are you, are you, are you talking about people like myself? Anyone. Everyone. I don't who's, know who it is. Who has moved into the that space of helping people to understand themselves a little deeper? Are you saying that corporate America needs to be talking to me? They need to talk to both of us. I'm just a little bit more a little little more off the cuff, right? <laughs> so I'm a little I'm a little bit more passionate and off the cuff with it because I see it. I've been on both sides, right? I've made the mistakes as a boss. Boss, right? Boss, mm-hmm. I'm a boss. I boss people around. Yep, all for it. Hmm. I've made those mistakes. Superior. I love yes. that one. Love, that's a great one, right? Mm-hmm. My manager, my supervisor. Mm-hmm. What are you? Uh, Subordinate. Yeah, yeah. You're running in the yard that I need to babysit you. I mean, what is this coming to? <laughs> we come to these titles, right? They're so useless. 
They're so frivolous. They mean nothing. Mm-hmm. How about your name is John Smith? Your name is Bob McGuire. Your name is Sally Jones. That's who you are. You are not a title. You are just as much a human being as the person next to you. Yes. And if you don't treat others like a human being, then you're probably less of one. The titles, the titles become idols. Starts starts in primary school. Beginning with the the education. And I've said it before, you go through kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, all the way up to 12, 12th grade, and you have what's called a graduation. And the very word graduation can be seen as a combination of the words gradual indoctrination. You've been gradually indoctrinated <coughs> into the American way of thinking, but then you got to ask that, how does that benefit you and your child? And just to bring up a very practical example, does it benefit a Native American or a di- indigenous person's child to be in a classroom where Christopher Columbus is, is, is glamorized, glamified, glorified, like glamorized and glorified? Like these are important questions to ask. So it's funny. I'm going to sidetrack a little bit, just a little. This is actually very relevant. So I don't know what commercial was on. I don't know what channel it was on TV yesterday. I wasn't even paying attention. I was in the middle of working and I just gazed over and it said, it is, if this isn't politically correct, I apologize. Arab American history. Month. And, and I'm sitting back and I'm, and, and I'm really trying to understand at what point do we just say it's American history? And at what point is it not whitewashed, blackwashed, pinkwashed, indigenous, tribewashed, Arabic-washed, woman-washed, transgender-washed, gay-washed? I mean, is, is there going to be a month, a month for each identifier that we label these things? I'm pretty sure that's where they're going with it. What about it, the objective history? What about objective truth? Why can't we learn from our history so that we don't continue to make the same mistakes that we are today? George Santillana, those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. We're doing it right now. Hmm. They took the Holocaust out of lots of history books. They took Hitler out of a lot of history books, right? Because there was people fighting about what side, whether it was real, whether it was fake. I mean, I'm not kidding. It, it was real for anybody who doesn't want to believe it. And that's fine. Go to Europe and you can go see the concentration camps still there, right? So you don't believe it was real. Slavery is real. Concentration camps are real. We've had them in the U.S. for the Chinese. We had them in the U.S. for many other reasons, right? McCarthyism. This is all real crap. But we're sitting back and allowing the same things to happen again. Hmm. But because we're separated by an ocean, we can sit back and say, we have to wait to this exact moment to be involved. Mm-hmm. Where's the humanity in any of this? Not to mention, we don't even have to be across the ocean. We can be across the street and still say... I'm away from this happens. None of my business. Exactly. None of my business. This illusion of separateness, this illusion that 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 we aren't one. As you go deep into shadow work, this is why I'm so passionate about shadow work. When you go deep into it, and which is introspective work, which is the art of examining yourself and really asking the critical questions, Socratic inquiry, self-inquiry. And so when you go deep in it, you begin to understand that the other is a reflection of oneself. You begin to see splatters of yourself all over the other. Yes, I can physically see that my brother here is a Caucasian male. I can physically see that his skin color is a little bit brighter than mine. His shoes a little bit brighter than mine. But also when I look at him, I see me. And me seeing me in that version makes me want to treat me in that version the same way me in this version would like to be treated. And hopefully, hopefully y'all follow me on that. But that's what you begin to see when you dive deeper. Your vision moves from this eye level to sky level. You begin to expand your awareness to the extent that things, even the things that you pass by and live with your entire life, they appear different. 
and you begin to see the synchronicities in life. Now, I know for some of y'all, this may sound like some woo-woo stuff, but to the people that have done this walk, they're going to be nodding their heads just like my brother doing because they know it always happens the same for all of us. We come here for different missions now. Outside of the, the ultimate mission, we all have our individual journeys we have to go on. But when you plug in, it's the same for all of us. What you got, brother? So for me, every time somebody has that part of the conversation, because I obviously we engage in these types of conversations all the time, right? With me and you and then with anybody else, right? Anybody willing to have this level of a conversation because these are rare, right? Which we want to make more mainstream because it helps us. It helps them, right? This is a this is the rest for reciprocity of the energy exchange, right? Every interaction, there's a gift for both sides. <clears throat> if we're able to see it, how do you see it? By removing self, removing ego, separating ego from our spiritual being, right? Spirituality has nothing to do with, it doesn't impact your faith, but what it can do is enhance your faith. It can strength, strengthen your bond with yourself. It can help you find your truth, right? And these are things that has scared society. Because gosh, what if we have a society full of free things that all they want is the best for each other, no matter what their differences are. And they are actively healing their own traumas and others' traumas just by existing. It's not about utopia because we can't go to utopia either, right? There's dark and light, but it comes, it talks, it's a balance in life. Then there's accidents, not murders. Then there's mass, mass casualties from horrific accidents that still happen today that are outside of our control. But these mass shootings, like the one in California today, right? These mass issues, these wars for no reasons, they stop. They stop because once people start working on themselves, they would never want to hurt someone else because they see themselves in it, in them. Everyone, no matter who it is. It's it's that oneness. When I watched what happened at the Oscars to sum this up, I felt what it was like to be enraged the way that Will was. I also felt what it was like to be accosted for something you clearly didn't intend. Brother, what's your last word? I give you the last word. What you got? You're worth it. Hmm. Every single one of you is worth it. You are worth finding out who you really are healing, working through it, and evolving, mm. and, and grow forward. We are not yesterday. We're not tomorrow. We're only right here. Mm. Heal and grow. Grow forward. Mm-hmm. Grow forward. Now, oh, when you say growth, man, I got to give a quote at least before we go off here. <laughs> but yeah, I heard it last, maybe last season, but I'm going to say it again because this is a new season. And I'm so honored to have you on as a guest. To, to premiere this third season, brother. Let me just say that. The past is history, the future mystery, and today is a gift, and it's your gift, which is why it's called the present. The past is for reference, not residence, and shadow work assists you in making sense of that past, gaining your truth so you can get a deeper understanding and an understanding, a knowing of who you truly are, and then moving forward with more integration, self-integration, and more self-leadership and authority in life. And then truly begin to manifest what it is that you truly seek instead of resisting and causing what you don't want to continue to persist and show up in your life. That's why that which we fear, we attract. Choose love. Choose you. That's it. That's it. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you so much. This was awesome. 
So again, this is the nocturnal therapist. I love the first guest I pulled on for for this premiere episode. And I want y'all to know it's about living in your truth, not about living in my truth, not living in, in my brother's truth, not anybody else's truth. It's about you living in your truth. And that's why I say to you, please continue to stay lit. Nocturnal Therapist, I'm out.